Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, hi. How are you, man? Uh... It is warm. Overheated. I was fully confident that you were going to die at Canyon River today, so I spent two and a half hours straight in the studio, which is like sitting in a sauna for two and a half hours, because I wanted to get all the sound bites ready because I didn't want to talk to myself. I wanted yeah. everybody to hear from everybody. Yeah. And then you ruined my whole day by showing up. I'm sorry. No, man. that's actually not true. You actually made my whole day by showing up. Because well, even with 17 sound bites cut up, I still don't think I could do it. You're the only one that can steer this ship. No, that I is, run it straight in the cliff. That is that is not true. I did go out and uh, I did uh, have uh, well my most epic day of golf in my whole life by far today. Uh, a little uh, you know the initiative to get uh, golf in schools. We had Joey Esch, PGA Teaching Pro, uh, in here last week talking about this thing. So today was the big fundraiser. Uh, I was supposed to play 100 holes of golf at Canyon River. Uh, there was some frost this morning, delayed to start. I did not get to 100, Coulter. 97 holes. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I, I, I have sat down in this chair here, and once, like, I don't know, the rigor mortis sets in or whatever, I don't think I'm going to move again. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I have done myself in today, so I am, I am a little loopy, but I am happy, and it was a great day to be out there. And by the way, you can still donate to that. I think for the next two weeks. And uh, so the way I figure it, I came up three holes shy. So that's if you donate per hole, that's you're saving money. Donate a hundred bucks per hole, you save three hundred bucks because I didn't get all the way to a hundred. I got to ninety-seven. So anyway, uh, it was a, it was great to be out there. Certainly happy to do that and happy to to do it for the kids. You think it's going to be fun, Coulter, and then it is, and then it's less so, and then it's sort of like you know, it's I don't know if miserable is the word, but you're like, wow, still here, still going, okay, keep swinging away. 
It's kind of like home run derby, right? Like I don't really, I, I, I played 36 straight holes of golf mm-hmm. two days in a row mm. er, earlier this summer. Yeah. And I played in that country club tournament yep. last year with yep. our good buddy, Nick Tabor. Shout out to Nick if he's listening. Yep. Uh, and that was, I think, amounted to be about 72 holes in three days. And that's great. But the repetitive nature of it, like, I think that you get into a groove, but then all of a sudden you just get sloppy. Because yeah. I, I you, you played golf with me. I, I practice swing like four or five times before I hit the ball every time. So if I'm doing that for 100 holes... I'm on like swing five thousand. No, no, no. And that was that was the key. Zero practice swings today. You go up, you hit the doggone thing. I played my first nine Coulter in like thirty four minutes. Smoking. Anyway, uh, that was fun. It's on to uh, bigger and better things, namely football in the state of Montana. So the Montana Football Hour is presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. And uh, Coulter, you and I were sitting next to each other in the press box on Saturday. We witnessed the same thing as everybody else did, and it was. Uh, something to behold. Idaho State came out and they were uh, they had the better scheme going initially, and they executed better. And they just played. They outplayed Montana both directions for the first quarter and change of that football game. Had a seventeen nothing league, and then you know the pendulum swinging. It's supposed to swing and then swing back and then kind of go back and forth. Like that's the idea. Pendulum's not really the right thing here. I don't know what this was. This was like. The big kid sat on the other side of, of you know, the, the teeter-totter and then just shot Idaho State right off the seat. I mean, 59-3 to after being down 17-0. Uh, four total touchdowns for Dalton Sneed, two passing, two uh, running, 464 total yards of offense. He is, for the third time in a row, right in a row, the conference yep. offensive player of the week. First sports. time in Grizz history. It's amazing. And I mean, here's First time a quarterback's done it since Gage Goober did a couple years back. It's it's the sort of thing where, you know, you win it the one week, okay, you back it up with another one, impressive, and now I think all the voters are kind of looking around going, okay, we got to find somebody else to give it to. And then in week three, it's just no doubt. I mean, if it wasn't going to Dalton Sneeze, it probably goes, has to go to Samari Torre, something like that. I mean, this was an absolutely un- unprecedented three quarters of offensive football. Uh, that Grizzly that, that Montana put together, you're sitting there, you're looking at this thing, you're thinking what? Well, I, I, I think all sorts of things. Let's hear from Coach Houck okay. first, just his thoughts on this victory, because I do think that there's some details in terms of the X's and O's that we'll get into in the second segment that are crucial, but I also think there's a lot of exterior elements in this game. This game had a greater meaning than maybe even just the explosive offensive performance and Montana dominating Idaho State for the last three quarters. This is post-game, by the way, because it's a bye week this week. No press conference today for the University of Montana. So all this sound is is coming uh, immediately after the game on Saturday. So here you go, Bobby Houck on their win. Well, obviously, that's a great win for us. Uh, Idaho State's got a good football team. They're well coached. They were ready to play. They uh, came in and and, uh, punched us and had us down big early on so a lot of credit to them and then a lot of credit to our guys too because we don't have a bunch of give in and us and and uh you know they should be proud of their guys for how they came into this game and went toe to toe and then our guys i'm proud of because of uh our resilience and our ability to fix things when they aren't going well and and go go out and get the win and so i'm proud of our team and i'm i'm glad uh on this great homecoming weekend we got the w 
So I want to take this incrementally because I do think there's so much stuff to talk about here. But first and foremost, you got to start with Dalton Sneed. I thought that Dalton Sneed, the first series, was a little bit crossed up by what Idaho State threw at him. In the second series... And he also missed. I mean, he had some well, looks that he, that right, he overshot right, right, and was behind right. guys. And, yeah. and then in the second series, he got hit on the elbow. We mm. thought it was a shoulder at first. And you pointed out, going into the third series, Dalton Sneed was standing along the sidelines and he was throwing and up. he was just gingerly barely lofting it we're like, like man a windmill and he has he's struggled with that right shoulder uh, from tendonitis but also getting hit so much like he did last year and so we were like man okay maybe he's hurt again but you could see him shaking his hand and then my brother noticed that he was uh, my brother Brooks Nuanas who was on the sidelines as a photographer noticed that he was uh, rubbing his elbow and then you could see it he, he kind of maybe had some numbness in his hand or maybe wasn't feeling it right and he was sailing his throws. I think that was partially because he was so jacked up because it's homecoming, and also partially because he took a pretty big hit on that second series. Well, then once he shook it off, then they really got into a groove. 464 yards of total offense. He's the biggest guy conference offensive player of the week, but also the FCS national offensive player of the week. The 464 yards of total offense, the most since Brian Ayotte back in 1996. And he did it all. I mean, in the second through fourth quarter, he looked like, I was getting texts from people that have been Grizz fans for 30-plus years that were saying, is Snead the best quarterback Montana's ever had? I mean, I don't. Th- I think it's impossible to ever summit the mountain that is Dave Dickinson. Of course. And Brian Ayat was tremendous, and his production will never be matched just because of the offense that they were running back then. But Snead is right up there, and especially yeah. in the 21st century. So let's hear Bobby Houck on Dalton Snead, uh, because I-, I think that that was the key to the game, was Dalton Snead settling down and settling in. You know, I'd say this about Dalton. It's his uh, stat line's pretty fantastic, but and his practice this week was uh, pretty fantastic as well. But he's such a competitive guy. I think he was awfully juiced up, wanted to be perfect during the game, and and we missed some things in the first quarter. That uh, after that, he was he was money, and you know, it was just a great game by him. You know. This happens almost every week, it seems like, Coulter, where we go, you know, is Dalton hurt? Does, did Snead get banged up? Is his shoulder okay? In the third quarter, and we, we have it on the replay, too, on, on you know, in the press box, watching it on TV as well, he got his, his ankle significantly twisted. I mean, he went he went down and he hopped up, and you could see him wincing in pain and hobbling off. And the replay, you could see, oh, yeah, the foot's not supposed to be turned at that angle. That doesn't feel good at all. What's go- And it just... It just doesn't matter. And every time you go, okay, well, is it a shoulder? Is it an elbow? Is it an ankle? And it's probably all of the above, and it just doesn't matter. There's so much talk. I mean, one of the biggest misnomer cliches in all of sports is the notion of how crazy important it is to start fast in a football game. And also, all the reporters always say, what was your halftime speech, coach? Mm -hmm. Great college football teams, don't. none of that matters. And I think that's where we're at with both the Cats and the Grizz. We'll hear from Derek Marks here in a minute. From Montana State, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, sometimes it just takes you a minute to settle into a football game. And if you're like the Cats, where you prioritize finishing so strong, then you can overcome the settling in. Like, the Cats gave up an 18-play drive on their first drive against Cal Poly. But then they were pretty much lights out for the next two and a half quarters against the option. Cal Poly grinded them a little bit in the last 10 minutes, sent the game to overtime. But settling in really is a factor. I think you also see that with Montana. Everybody wonders, why aren't they just flying out the gate? Well, it's because they, they Tim Rosebaugh is such a systematic chess player when he's calling his offense. He wants to see what the opposing team's going to do. And on Saturday, Montana couldn't run the ball between the tackles. That was what Idaho State was 
was going all out. I was sitting next to Bob Beers, former offensive line coach for University of Montana, and he was pointing out the bare front that the Idaho State was running. They were running both their D tackles on the inside shade. They were running both their DNs inside. And so Montana had to recognize that and then make an adjustment. Well, when they did, the adjustment was, send me a cam on a slant. Stop me, I dare you, throughout the whole second quarter. Idaho State adjusts on that. Okay, Smarty Tori up the sideline all day long. That's where Montana's offense is so dangerous. And if you, Samari Torrey, he talked just about that. I think this quote is so revelatory, the level of confidence that Montana's playing with right now. Well, we just have a really great offense in general. And just when everybody does our job, I don't think there's too many people who can stop us except ourselves. So, you know, we just uh, had to trust in the system and just keep on going, keep on staying persistent, keep on doing our jobs. And ultimately, we found success. When you and Sammy both got rolling, did they switch up coverages on you a lot, or were you seeing more of the same stuff? No, we were seeing more of the same stuff. They didn't have too many adjustments to make. There's no adjustment you can make on those two guys. Right. Well, and and this is what was remarkable, right? Sammy Akem, no receptions in the first quarter. Eight for 104 in the second quarter. Yep. In the second quarter, people. 104 yards receiving in the second quarter. And they found what couldn't be guarded and then just kept going. It's like, the, it's like, you know, when you get hit in the shoulder over and over and over again, like the first couple of times, like, okay, by the ninth and 10th time you're getting hit in the shoulder, it's just like, you feel like your arm's going to fall off. And they just kept going back to that spot, that spot, that spot against Idaho state. And then in the second half, it was Samari Torres turn. And what did he go for? 184 yards. He had, 100, he had 180 of his 188 yards after halftime. Right. 188 yards total. So you had one guy have 100 yards in a quarter, and the other guy had 100 yard, 180 yards in two quarters. Right. Just completely impressive uh, all the way around. I thought there was a domino-like effect in the terms of the adjustments and key plays that the Grizz were able to harness, and we'll get into that in the second segment. So final thought on the Grizz during this segment. Uh, I think that you could... F- it's so easy to get optimistic after wins, and we don't really know how this is all going to play out. UC Davis lost on Saturday, which then sort of takes Montana's win a week ago a notch down, I guess you could say, but they were still the number four team in the country at the time that Montana was able to put them away. But, and who knows? Maybe Idaho State sputters. I mean, to me, Mitch Goler looked like he lost more than a step. I mean, he does not look healthy. He was not running like he used to run. Matt Strzok has a great arm, but you could tell he's easily rattled. So we'll see how much of a quality win Idaho State is or not. But the intangible element of the way that Saturday felt, we were broadcasting from the, the base of the footbridge. I mean, how many of my old buddies came up and talked to us? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen those guys at Grizz games forever. I try to talk to them and reach out to them and be like, what do you think of the Grizz? It's like, you know, I don't really know, man. I kind of don't really follow it. <laughs> They're all back in full force on the field before the game, talking to Coach Houck, talking to Coach Fennessy, talking to everybody. And granted, having Idaho State in town, too, where you have a bunch of coaches up, yeah. that they were friends with. But sure. still, I mean, we saw Mark Mariani and Ty Palmer and Cole Berquist all in the press box. I mean, these guys, were they're back. And that's a key element of Grizz football is embracing the history and tradition. And I think that the feeling on Saturday was one of, of great optimism around everything that's going on in Grizz football. Uh, it, last, last thought for me on this. We've seen Montana be behind before uh, in, in recent years. And I must say that first quarter, I mean, I think a lot of people, if you're honest with how you felt at the end of the first quarter, and then as soon as that 17 nothing you know, margin was created, you sit there and you go, okay, well, what's going on here? Like, is, is Idaho State really that good? But when Montana scored their first touchdown, and particularly then their second in 17-14, you go, oh, oh, here we go. And, you know, 
would I have guessed 59-3? No, no, nobody would. But, uh, but you sat there like it just felt as if Montana never. There, there was never worry. There was never panic. And it was and once once they sort of shut the door defensively and opened up the floodgates offensively, there was no going back. Like it was, it was over. We'll get into some of the key adjustments that they made and where the game turned because I think there's some ones you can really point to. I thought it, that was part, one of the most interesting analyses of the chess match. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Well, let's get in the cats. Yeah. Two telling one is 1029 ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford. Montana State, they kind of do the opposite thing. Not exactly, but they're up early, 28-7, right. which they've been wanting to be ahead totally. early in a game, don't have to come back. Cal Poly, though, is always going to be an anomaly. And yep. Cal Poly scores 21 points in the fourth quarter. Last 11 minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, ties the thing up and into overtime. Here goes Montana State, and you're going, oh, my goodness. Because, you know, if you score the last three touchdowns of a game, momentum's with you, presumably, heading into the extra period. But Montana State able to shut down Cal Poly, and then Travis Johnson, the walk-off touchdown game winner. The Cats... Had the lead, even though they hardly had the ball. I mean, Cal Poly had held the ball for 12 full minutes in the first quarter alone. They ended up with 39 minutes of possession in this game during regulation, which is crazy. I mean, the Cats had 21 minutes and change. So Cal Poly, 38 minutes and change in time of possession. But in the fourth quarter, Cal Poly has a long marching drive. They score 28-14. Tucker Rovick throws a bad pick. Cal Poly capitalizes right away. And then Montana State or Cal Poly gets a stop, and Jared Padmus, who's been lights out as a punter. I mean, if it wasn't for Adam Wilson being the single most ridiculous weapon I've I've seen in a long time as a punter, Jared Padmus would be the leader in the clubhouse. Two of the best punters in the country are here, right here in Montana. Yeah, but Padmus. First time all year, Shanks a punt. Yeah. It was like a five yard punt. And like you never see because people he, he rolls out role and punter. does the, the the rugby style kick and gets the roll out of it. That's what he does, and he's really good at it. You don't see him shank punt. It's he he, he shanked it. Shanked, shanked. It's like Jeff Choate said, if you have a five yard punt, that's a pick. I mean, it's just like throwing a pick. Because mm-hmm. you give the team so close the ball so close. And so that's what happened. Then Cal Poly has another short field. Yeah. Short fields for Cal Poly is just brutal. Yeah. And so news. they they tie the game. Go go to overtime, but in overtime, I thought the Cats' defense absolutely bowed up. 
tackles for loss are not a thing against Cal Poly because they're going to cut you at the line, and at the very least, the fullback's going to re- get to the line and fall forward and get a half a yard or a yard. Get a tackle in the backfield is almost impossible. Derek Marks had two in a row, hmm. which is testament to him. Totally. And then Cal Poly foolishly gets a false start penalty, and now they're backed up, and they have a 48-yard field goal, and they shank it. And then the Cats say, we're not screwing around. There's no throwing. There's no nothing. We're going to snap the ball to Travis Johnson once, twice, three times, bam, touchdown, game winner, walk off. Uh, here is Jeff Choate talking about the win in overtime. We don't really ever change. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, can't get too high or too low. You got to go play the next play. I thought our guys on defense, our leaders, guys like Derek Marks, Chase Benson, uh, Bryce Sturk, those guys rose to the occasion. I really felt like Callahan O'Reilly had a great game for us tonight. Did a tremendous job. Uh, big task, obviously, what we asked him to do. And even you know, guys like Troy on the perimeter. That's not something he's done a whole lot. So stylistically, it's different. And our guys, I thought, did a really good job. We put our defense in some awful situations in the fourth, second half there in fourth quarter particular for the shanked punt and the interception and uh, unfortunately weren't able to hold serve on that but I think our guys got more comfortable as the game went on in terms of defending what they were trying to do. So there's Choate on the win. Here's Choate on the game winning player, Travis Johnson. I mean, he's the type of guy on the sidelines. He wants the ball in his hands and, you know, clearly weren't able to get it to him as much as we'd like through the air at times. And so after they missed the field goal, it's pretty much let's just go put this thing away. And he was the right guy to put put the ball in his hands for sure. He certainly was. Here is uh, Travis Johnson himself on the game-winning touchdown. Last moment, man. We just needed it. We needed everybody to step up. O-line stepped up huge. All that, the whole drive was the whole line. They left me big holes on that touchdown. They left me a hole really big. I just took it. So huge credit to that last drive for them. It was all them. Last uh, piece of sound for you from this game, at least right now, Derek Marks talking about the victory for the Cats. They came back on us, and, and we had the fight. At the end, they made some good plays and, and came back. And, uh, yeah, we, I'm just proud of the way we competed and proud of the way the guys, uh, you know, stuck together and, and didn't flinch again. Um, you know, we need to clean some things up, obviously, and, and stay out of these close games. And uh, But I'm, I'm proud of the way our team competed, and I'm proud of the way, you know, we rose up at the end and, and got came out victorious. So. I got to say, Coulter, that, that's a very great – that's a really good point by, by Derek Marks because – when you're up 28-7, and then you give up three touchdowns the last 11 minutes, you have to go to overtime. Even if you're, you know, really good team and all that, it's easy to just go, what do we got here? Which it would have been easy to do in week one for Montana State when they're down 28-7 and, and you know, 31-whatever, 14 in the second half. They don't. They didn't do it. They just go, okay, you know, we're going to make this happen. We're going to figure it out. And they did, twice in a row. And, and, and uh, that's impressive in its own right. Apologies for Cal Poly's uh, excellent band playing. Yeah, they're they're, 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 they're banging it out there. Can't, yeah. uh, can't really control that. You gotta, gotta control what you can control. But to that song, control the controllables, Coulter. That song they were playing there, though, during Derek Marks's interview. That's uh, that's the overture from the beginning of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the greatest movie ever made, and that's the greatest orchestral soundtrack of all time. So. <laughs> Therefore, that is the greatest soundbite to ever be played on Two Tell Now is simply because of the background music. I'm not sure I'm ready to go all time with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's not the greatest you, movie of all time. It's I my are, favorite movie. Okay, and that uh, it, it holds a special place in my heart. Also, I must say, not a lot of TV watching allowed in the Nuanas household when I was a little kid. The only movie we owned with real people in it that wasn't home videos of me and my brother was that movie. Hmm. So every time I stayed home from school sick as a kid, that's the movie I watched. So I ended up watching it like a hundred times. Great so movie. it's a great, great movie. movie. Uh, 
Coulter, when you... But, but I think your point is well taken about Derek Marks. And I think yeah. this is one dichotomy between the two programs right now that's worth noting. But I think that I think every, everybody that follows this stuff has their own version of what's the best way to win. And I think that people need to understand that there's a variety of ways to win. I think that the thing that the Cats are getting close to mastering is just winning at all costs. I'm not sure that they're going to ever win pretty this year. They are tough, man. You cannot put this team out. And I think that that's what you've seen. Whether they're down 31-14 late in the third quarter and they come storming all the way back just by running the ball, or they, I mean, like you said, to blow a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter, but then to bow up like that and win in overtime, that's an impressive, impressive effort by Montana State. And I thought the two coaches, their, their last comments of the press conferences were so interesting Bobby Houck, and we'll get to it in, in the third segment here, but he said, he basically was like, we're still searching to play the perfect game where we're going to keep trying until we do. Whereas Jeff Choate says, it doesn't matter how many you win by, you just got to win, and we just won on the road, and that's all we care about. It doesn't matter if it's pretty. It only matters we took care of business. And Montana State now took care of business five weeks in a row, five-game winning streak, longest since 2012, both Montana and Montana State mid-October rolling pretty good. Stutel and Nuanas, Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia 4. We'll take a break on the other side. We'll listen to Bobby Houck on a couple of different things uh, on uh, ISU's Inside Slants and Robbie Houck as well is about his big hit on Struck. And that was, you're never going to see a 150-pound person <laughs> make a harder hit than the one Robbie made on the ISU quarterback. So we'll get to all that in a moment. Hey, at the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food. Tasty beverages and the urge to have a good time. Whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late night game of poker, the Silver Slipper has what you're looking for. Right now, Silver Slipper is your football headquarters. You ready for this? Free shuttle to every greatest home game. 56 televisions at the bar to watch t- uh, football on. Drink specials every single day. Full liquor bar, Tarantino's Pizzeria, and the friendliest staff in town. So you go, you get everything. The to and from games and everything you need afterwards as well. Visit the SilverSlipperLounge.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Book Brooks, the Silver Slipper. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. Montana and Montana State continued rolling over the weekend, each staying undefeated against FCS opponents as the season reaches its midpoint. The Grizz overcame a 17-0 deficit to Avalanche. Idaho State going on a 59-3 run to stamp a 59-20 homecoming victory with authority. Montana senior quarterback Dalton Sneed threw for 397 yards and two touchdowns while rushing for a team-high 67 yards and two more scores. The number 8 Grizz scored 24 on 
unanswered points in the second quarter to take a touchdown lead into halftime, gave up a second-half field goal, and scored 35 unanswered points to finish the game. Tamari Torre had a career day, hauling in eight catches for 188 yards and a score. Sammy Akem also had eight receptions, a 10 total, 104 of those yards of his 135 total were in the second quarter to spark the comeback. UM enters his bye week with a 5-1 and one record that includes five straight wins over like opponents. Montana State's fifth straight victory did not come so easily, but the sixth-ranked Bobcats emerged with a 34-28 overtime win at Cal Poly. Nonetheless, MSU built a 28-7 lead despite only possessing the ball for 21 minutes and change, only to see the Mustangs score three fourth-quarter touchdowns. In the extra period, Cal Poly missed a field goal on its first possession, and senior Travis Johnson ripped off the game-winning touchdown. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Welcome back. We continue in the Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. It is Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hello. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83, and Sealy Online at KurtzPolaris.com. 30 minutes from right now. Be here. Will Disley going to join us? Seattle Seahawks tight end, former Washington Husky, and former Bozeman Hawk. That's right, Bozeman High School and uh, second-year pro for the Seahawks, and he is, uh, well, he's been outstanding for uh, this for Seattle. Uh, well, even his rookie year was cut short due to injury, and then now here in his second season, picking up right where he left off. So we will uh, look forward to talking to him at 5 o'clock. Golter, we continue. The key moments from the Grizz uh, uh, in this football game, Houck says it was ISU's inside slant. I know the state slant was working for them early they decided they needed to step up take that thing away and it worked out when they did it here's the sound we, we weren't playing it particularly well their rpo game hurt us early we allowed them uh to run the ball way too effectively uh, in the in the first quarter in the first part of the second quarter uh they were complete passes at a high rate i mean I, we, did, we did not play well on defense in that first quarter and you know, part of that's us, part of that's them. I don't want to take credit away from them. They were doing some great things. Ty Flanagan in particular, Coulter, I mean, the first quarter watching him run, you were going, oh, my goodness, to say nothing of the 71-yard uh, uh, long rush that he had. But he was he was not going down on first, second, or third contact. He was really, really impressive. But after he got off to that big start, I mean, he had 130 yards rushing. You go, wow, well, that's a big day. Well, it all happened in the first 20 minutes of the football game. After that, it was curtains. You know, for, in, for for him and everybody else in the running game, impressive by Montana to be able to just shut that door. The the RPO, especially the style that Idaho State runs, it's such a – it needs to be a well-oiled machine. And if it's not a well-oiled machine, it's a very, very clunky machine. It either all works or it doesn't work. When you're running – when you're gashing with the inside run game, now all of a sudden Mitch Guller, or Mikey Dean, they're open over the top. When you're – getting anything in the inside run game, all of a sudden that short slant that Mikey Dean loves to run out of the slot is wide open. But when you take that away, now all of a sudden then you can beat receivers up on the perimeter and all the deep stuff doesn't work nearly as well either. And I thought that Montana made great adjustments in both fashions. I thought they really shored up the run game. Dante Olsen, 18 tackles. 
and he deserves a lot of credit for being able to slow that down. They also, I don't know what happened with Flanagan, but he wasn't really in the game right. in the second half. Yeah, I think, I mean, I do think he got banged up somewhere along the line. And then I thought the other absolute key moment of the game, Matt Strzok was eight of his first nine for 135 yards, including that 71-yard catch and run by Mikey Dean. Josh Sandry went down with a little bit of an injury. Uh, I don't know what it was, but he was kind of in and out in the second half, but they decided to play Nash Fouch at that third safety spot, and Nash Fouch was basically operating as the nickel, and he was beating up Mikey Dean off the line. But I thought that the key moment was, and Rob Fennessey broke this down, Montana, I thought that they were running a true safety blitz because Robbie Hout came on pressure three different times in the second quarter, but it turns out that only one of those was a call, and Robbie Hout acknowledged that too. But Rob Fennessey was saying they were leaving their tight end in to protect to try to get struck more time. And Montana's scheme was for Robbie Houck to guard the tight end one-on-one. Such a smart player that he says, oh, this guy's staying to protect, I'm going. Well, he gets home early, but he doesn't get a sack, but he hit struck, and then struck was kind of looking. Then he got struck to double pump, and he smashed him. And after that, struck was 8 of 9 for 135 yards. He went 0 of his next 7. He didn't complete a pass until midway through the third quarter. So the last eight minutes of the second quarter into the third quarter, he had happy feet. And Mike Ferreter told Andrew Houghton that today. Andrew Houghton, now of the Idaho State Journal, who used to work for me, SkyOnSportsMT.com. Ferreter said, hey, bad mechanics, second and third quarters. He struck just was not setting his feet. He was not making the throws we need him to make. And I thought that that hit on Robbie Huck was the first domino to fall in Montana being able to mount that 24-point thir- uh, second quarter. Let's hear from Robbie Huck about the big hit. You're able to get to the quarterback. It's uh, definitely a positive for the defense. I actually uh, got to him early in the first quarter, and then I was able to get to him again. And uh, I think uh, when you get hit by someone you're not used to seeing come, uh, he started eyeballing me a little bit. Uh, so I think that, that helped the defense out a lot. Uh, yeah, just rattling quarterbacks big uh, from a defensive perspective. You know, and that's that, that's the other thing too, right? Like it's one thing to get hit by a guy who's like, okay, you know, he comes around the end, he's what's what he's supposed to do. It's another thing when a guy who's playing 15, 18 yards behind the line of scrimmage all of a sudden takes a run at you and gets home. I mean, that's that was big time, and that was a that was a huge hit, and like you said, a huge momentum shift uh, in this football game. Uh, Hauk also talked about the mismatches on the perimeter. Here's what he had to say on that. Yeah, I think we had a, a gauge on it. Um, our, our problem in the first quarter was we didn't have enough plays. You know, we, we, we had a couple first downs, and then we ended up punting it on fourth and very short three times. Um, didn't think it was the right call to go for it. Um, hindsight, maybe I would have because we didn't stop them anyway. It's never, there's no such thing as a perfect football game, right? Even even that, just just uh, letting, you know, if you go back, it's like, well, what the heck? If they're going to go the whole distance of the field, might as well try and keep the ball in fourth down. But uh, there was, uh, 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 you know, some mismatches in there uh, on the perimeter. And, you know, but if you don't have the football, you can't really exploit those things. And then finally in the second quarter, they started generating some first downs and just started going right to it. And, and, and that is at least part of what changed offensively for Montana. I think that that is one of the the symbolic things that I'm talking about in the fact that I think that people have talked about, I mean, the endless storyline here is comparing and contrasting Bobby Houck, his first tenure to now. And there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of differences. And so much of those have to do with just the landscape of the state, the landscape of college football, the way that the game has evolved since then, the talent at his disposal, all those things. One of the areas I've seen Coach Hout grow the most is the trust that he's put in his coordinators and the fact that he's not 
as stubborn in terms of establishing what he wants to do. First time around, the Grizz are going to establish the run early and often. And they were able to do it against almost everybody because they had the best offensive line in the league and they had the best running backs in the league. No, no, no question. I mean, they had multiple NFL running backs, multiple NFL offensive linemen. Pretty easy to establish the run. Now Montana, with the roster that they've inherited and just the acumen that Tim Rosenbaugh has showed so far, they take what you're gonna they take what the defense is gonna give you. And the fact that they now have almost certain mismatches on the perimeter, and they have a quarterback who's in maybe the best groove of anybody in the country. Now, now you can really roll. And I never really thought I was going to see a Bobby Hawk offense where the quarterback was thrown for over 400 yards multiple times in a season. We're only halfway through the season, and Dalton Sneed's already been around 400 three different times. So, I mean, he's lighting it up, and the Grizz receivers are lighting it up too. And I thought that was one of the key adjustments as well. They said, okay, you're going to take away our inside run game. You're going to take away some of our stuff, uh, some of our short passing game. We're going to ISO a cam up top, boom, hit him, hit him, hit him. And then as soon as they adjust to that, then they're going to, Send Samari Torre deep, and I thought it was great coaching and also great great execution by the players. You know, lost in, in all this that happened, too, is the run game in general. Now, Adam Eastwood came in, had that big 51-yard touchdown run late in the game. Okay. But, I mean, this is a team, 191 yards on the ground, with 67 yards from their quarterback being the guy who rushed for the most. But as a group, they, they had 204 yards, gross gain, and then 191 net uh, so, you know, split the difference, call it 200 yards, 200 yards on the ground. You're going to be winning football games. The difference is a lot of the running is now happening kind of later in the game. It's happening throughout, but it's it's not the thing that is establishing the offense, as it were. It is, I, I, I think the balance is actually really good. I think that they are, that, that it's not even about balance. I mean, everybody talking about balance. It's about what you need to do against a given opponent that 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 makes you better than them. In a, you know, on a given on a given day, and depending on who that team is, should dictate what it is that you do. They got a bunch of people in, involved, and three guys go over fifty yards rushing, and you end up with two hundred on the ground taken in total. And that in a game like what happened on Saturday is sort of lost in the in in the mix because of all the things that happened, obviously through the year. Jeff Choate said it a couple times in a row, but he always talks about college football is such a long game, and I think that's why it's so key to stay the course. You can't get too high, you can't get too low. You got to believe in what you're doing, and when you make the right adjustments, you got to believe in those adjustments as well. And I yeah. thought that the adjustments Montana made, combined with the key play by Robbie Houck to get Matt Struck rattled, and he stayed rattled. Then from there on, I thought that was huge. And in the Montana State game, I thought that. Montana State was on the field for 18 straight plays in the first quarter, almost 12 minutes of game action. And during that time, they were kind of feeling it out too. And then after they felt felt it out, they really played well in the second quarter, and then Cal Poly made some adjustments, but Montana State was able to counter, and those counters then led them to really finding it in the overtime. And those two plays in OT, because they were able to anticipate and also because the calls meshed up perfectly to stop what Cal Poly had in mind, that was the key adjustment in the game, and that's what helped them win in overtime. For Montana State, uh, that adjustment, let's listen to uh, uh, Jeff Choate talking about the defensive line adjustments they made. Came up with a couple of little subtle nuances that I think did help us in the second half in terms of some movement things that we were able to slip some gaps and get them off schedule. That's the whole critical aspect is getting those guys off schedule, and once they get into a second and long, it makes it a little bit easier to defend them. Uh, they become a little bit more predictable. Well, especially in the overtime, I mean, 
you know, it's, it, you talk about, well, it's only one series. Well, it's a one series in overtime. And in, in college overtime, that's all you got is one series. So you got to make it happen. And like you said, two consecutive tackles for loss, the the uh, unusual but nonetheless poor timing for Cal Poly offside, third, uh, 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 triple option teams, they're not going anywhere on third and 15, third and 10, third and whatever it is. I mean, they have to they have to gain yards every time, and the offense is built to gain yards every time, which is why, as you said, TFLs are so unusual. But when you get one, not to say nothing of two, and then you have a, 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 a an, an offside, I mean, it's almost it's done. Like, you've won the possession. There, nobody's going anywhere at that point, uh, it seems like. And so that was huge for Montana State to be able to do that and uh, maybe use a couple of those uh, adjustments that were made to to get Cal Poly off schedule. And the Travis Johnson walk-off is the easy thing to see, but as important is the defensive stand that was dominant when it had to be. Montana State's D-line's playing at an elite level right now. Them and Weaver State are definitely the two best defensive fronts in the league. And the emergence of Callahan O'Reilly can't be underrated. I mean, Josh Hill has not played for two straight games. Not sure what his status is. Um, but Nolan Askelson has been flipping between Mike and Will. Linebacker Michael Jobman is not on the depth chart this week, so he might be banged up as well. So they turn to Callahan O'Reilly. And Callahan O'Reilly had 16 tackles in that game. I mean, this guy's a converted high school quarterback who's only now really had a full year, year and a half under his belt to really develop at that position. And I thought he played his best game as a Bobcat. So when you combine the, the level of the defensive front's playing at and then the fact that they were able to lean on the depth that they've talked about all season, uh, it's an impressive performance for Montana State. I know that they were favored in that game, but they are favored by six, and they won by six. So they just a push when it comes to the Vegas line, and right. it, it took overtime. But, you know, a win's a win in the Big Sky Conference, especially on the road. So I think if you're a fan of either the Bobcats or the Grizzlies, you've got to be pretty satisfied with where the two teams are at right now at the midpoint of the, of the year. You know, we're 42 minutes in. It feels like we haven't even scratched the surface of these two games and what we could get into and certainly will throughout the rest of the week. But uh, nonetheless, at the end of the day, how you do it is uh, more window dressing than the fact that you did do it. And for Montana State and for the Montana Grizzlies, they both did it, and they both sit here at 5-1. and one. And... Uh, you know, if you would have told me that both these teams would be five and one with their one loss coming to power five opponents, uh, you know, in the FBS level six weeks in, I would have said, <laughs> okay, let's see it happen. And, uh, and it has happened and that's impressive. So now a bye week for uh, Montana will the cats get ready for their homecoming Saturday. We'll take a quick break on the other side. We continue with the Montana football hour this time at the high school level. What took on, what took place over the course of the weekend. We'll get into some of that stuff right after this. The Montana football hour is sponsored by Lithia Ford of Missoula. Right now, get 0% for 72 months on the 2019 Ford F-150. The Ford F-150 makes tough tasks look easy, whether it's working on the job or heading out on a weekend of recreation. You can also check out the all-new Ranger. Tested under more extreme conditions than you will likely ever encounter. Set a date for your next adventure. Your Ranger is ready to get you there. Lithia Ford, across from Super Walmart on Brooks, has a huge inventory of new and used cars and trucks. Visit LithiaFordMissoula.com for more information. Search new and used inventory, financing specials, and get yourself in a Lithia Ford today. Lithia Ford is an official sponsor of the Montana Grizzlies and Tutel Nuanas' Montana Football Hour. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. 
I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. We know what happened at the big sky level. What happened at the prep level across the state of Montana? Let's get into it a little bit. It's To Tell Nuanes, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Coming up, top of the hour, 5 o'clock, Will Disley, Seattle Seahawks tight end. Looking forward to talking with him uh, as he uh, had yet another outstanding performance on Thursday night as Seattle getting ready for uh, their game this week. Uh, Coulter, uh, want to remind everybody, we're on Instagram now. Oh, look out. At 1029 ESPN, uh, the Instagram handle, the same as our Twitter handle. You can also check us out, Coulter and I, on Twitter, at Gus Tutel and at Skyline Sports MT. And uh, you can go uh, check all of that out uh, on the social meds, as the kids say. Are they still saying that, or are they still shortening it that like that? I, I guess. Okay. I, mean, I don't know I, what any of these kids are doing these I, days. I'm nothing if not hip, you know, Coulter. Uh, it is uh, the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford. Let's get into some high school stuff. This is our prep extra segment presented by Farmer State Bank. Your Montana bank since 1907. And Coulter, it's a double-A level. Billings West and Butte, they just can't be stopped. 5-0 uh, five and o now for Billings West after a bye week. 6-0 and o for the Butte Bulldogs. Yeah, Josh Urbacher threw for 338 yards, four touchdowns, and a 33-14 win over Billings Senior, four Billings West. And Tommy Block continues to be uh, the front runner for MVP of the Class AA level. He had 17 carries for 168 yards and scored a couple touchdowns on the ground. Butte trounced Helena Capital 30 or 56 to 38, excuse me. And Butte six and zero for the first time since 1991. I mean, to score 56 points on Helena Capital. I mean, Helena Capital is a good team. And and traditionally a good defensive club, and that is, I mean, Tommy Malott, man. If you haven't seen this kid play, he's uh, he's a real deal, man. He looks he's he's an outstanding player. He's one of the first four year stars that Butte High School is going to have in the modern generation. He broke in the starting lineup midway through his freshman year, and he's got a ton of experience. So it'll be fascinating to see what Montana State decides to do with him because I think they're projecting him as maybe a safety or a receiver, but. If his senior year is any indication, he's a dang good quarterback. 
Uh, around the rest of Double A, Missoula Sentinel one step closer to winning the city championship. They had a 35-7 route of Big Sky. Uh, Dayton Bay, he's he's been incredibly accurate this year. He's had a couple 23 for 25s. He was 21 mm. of 26 in this game, wow. 176 yards and two scores. Jackson Lee ran for 146 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, Sentinel marches on. That so day. when Sentinel plays Hellgate, that will be for the city championship. It will be because Hellgate beat Missoula Big Sky as well. And uh, but Hellgate, they did lose this last weekend. Uh, Casper Glacier posted a 35-28 victory. Uh, the other result, Bozeman seems to be back on track after losing to Big Sky. They had a 48-14 win over CMR. Uh, Asher Croy scored three touchdowns. Kenneth Iden scored a touchdown. Actually, he ran for two more scores, and he also had two sacks. Uh, so Bozeman uh, back on track. They, I think they've won three straight now since that loss to uh, Missoula Big Sky. At the Class A level, Billing Central went 33 nothing against Laurel, so that's a big win for the defending state champions. Number five, Frenchtown, they rolled to a 42 nothing win. Senior Jace Kluswich had a pair of touchdowns as well as a uh, rushing touchdowns as well as an 80-yard uh, receiving touchdown. Uh, and then at the Class B level, Missoula Loyola won 42-8 over Anaconda, so the uh, Rams now 4-2. and two. The two losses to the top two teams in the state. So Loyola uh, continues to to gain traction after uh, sort of a tough start with a tough schedule early on in their season. Very good. Coulter, thank you very much. Sir. Prep extra segment is brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Going to get out early so we can get back in time. Will Disley. CLC Ox tight end going to join us live at the top of the hour. So we will uh, take a quick break, stick around, hear from a guy who's on. I mean, he is having, it's early, five games in, a Pro Bowl season. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl tight end in the NFC as of right now. There's no question about that. From Bozeman, Montana, Bozeman High School, Will Disley all the way to the Seattle Seahawks. Look forward to talking with him. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 